Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bill Atride Astrologer Radio Show. Uh, my name is Bill Atride, and uh, today's topic, we're, we're doing our ninth show of the season. And today, I thought we'd consider what is happening later today, and depending upon where we are on the planet, happening early tomorrow morning. Uh, Mercury turning direct. It's been retrograde, as all of you probably know, uh, since the end of July, since July 26th. And we're all going to be breathing a sigh of relief, of course, uh, because even though we know it's only for our benefit that these things happen. Uh, sometimes it's rather frustrating to deal with some of these turnings and twists of the winds of the spirit, as I like to talk about them. Uh, but it all is really here for us, uh, for us to grow and learn and become what we're really here for, to become a better human. Um, so I look at Mercury turning direct and what that means and, and maybe look out ahead to the, the next turning, because that's always good to prepare ourselves. Um, uh, also happening next week, as you all may know, uh, the sun is moving into Virgo. Uh, so I want to consider what that might mean. Um, of course, I'll be writing about that as well in the blog, but I'll also talk about it today. And I thought I'd do that by, again, pointing out that, well, the sun moving into a sign, people say, well, gee, that's great for that sign, but what does it have to do with me? And as I like to always emphasize that, really, we are here as a mixture of all these signs, and we all have these signs in us in some differing proportional degrees, whether you are a Virgo or your rising sign is Virgo or your moon's in Virgo. Um, Somewhere there's Virgo in your chart, trust me, and so it's good to know what that influence might be, and so we'll consider those various placements and uh, looking at Virgo. Uh, we might have time today to look out ahead even further, uh, so, so the sun going into Virgo on, on Wednesday the 22nd, and then just a few days later, Mars turns direct, so we have all these uh, turnings, if you will, um, and then I'll be writing about this again in the, in the blog, but then, of course, uh, finally Saturn's turning direct as well, and so we're going to have a bunch of planets that have been retrograde for some time finally moving forward again uh, and many people have pointed out in various uh, publications and observations that this has been a time when a great many planets are retrograde having not just these outer planets but also um, mercury and now mars uh, of course mercury will go direct mars will go direct uh, very shortly um, but coming up this fall, we have Venus going retrograde. So we're, we're not out of the woods of retrogrades at all. And still some outer planets are, are going to be turning and twisting as well. So it continues to be part of our journey to deal with these um, experiences whereby when a planet is retrograde, it is turning back on itself. And we're supposed to turn back on ourselves and consider its meaning and function in our life. So we'll take up those topics today. And as, and as before, as always, I... Um, We'll take your questions later in the show and whether you want to talk about, you know, Mercury or talking about uh, the planets in, in Virgo or, or your, your chart where Virgo is in your chart. If you want to talk about some question you have for me, you can ask me about your own chart uh, and just give me, if you can, your date of birth and place of birth. And if you also have uh, your time, well, that's great. And, and, of course, give me at least a first name so I can I know who you are. Um, and, and if you wish to contact me, whether, especially by email, billatride at gmail.com, you can do so, and you might want to suggest a topic or questions you'd like me to address in a future show. Um, you also can contact me at, at billatride at gmail.com or, or call me at my office number, which is 646 401 0155 and perhaps you'd like to get a reading by me because that's that's my life that's my work uh and and have a personal consultation which i would be happy to do for you um so again uh, i'll be coming to you i see many of you hanging on already right now in terms of questions that you have for the show today and i will get to you later but let's start off by considering what we've just come through here what's really ending today and so it's really powerful when Planets are changing direction, especially Mercury, which has this rulership over our thought forms and communication forms, the networks within our body and around the world. It's all about networking. And, of course, it's Hermes, the messenger. Uh, we definitely feel those shifts of energy. And when it's slowing down these last several days, so probably for the last three, four, five days, you all might have noticed a change in the weather and things began to get a little more you know, sort of wound up and, and challenging when it, when it came to communications and thoughts uh, for everybody, just like it was getting a little sort of strange there at the end of July and sort of in the middle of the period, like in, in August here, it might have been a little less obvious, but certainly when it's turning retrograde or going forward, 
um, we definitely feel those shifts of energy more poignantly. And it's really a powerful day, one might argue, for communications uh, yesterday, today, tomorrow, because of Mercury really just sort of being there, not moving at all, what's called stationary, in this case, stationary direct. Um, now, the entire retrograde this time took place in the sign of Leo. And that's kind of interesting because, again, this happens about three times a year. And sure enough, if we look back to the previous retrograde from March 22nd to April 15th or so, that was the, the retrograde happened in Aries, the first fire sign. And lo and behold, if we look ahead to November when it goes retrograde again, well, sure enough, it's retrograding in Sagittarius. So the three fire signs are highlighted in these three Mercury retrogrades this year. It is true, though, that the retrograde of November 16 to December 6, uh, 2018, it will finish in Scorpio. So there we're going to have the interesting phenomena of moving from one element, fire, back into water. And we'll take a closer look at that in November. Um, but certainly for our purposes, these last three weeks, it was all about uh, bringing to bear and thinking and reconsidering questions about honor and respect and our sense of how we hold our love for ourselves and show our love to one another in how we treat each other in terms of our, our, our thought forms, our, our, our words, our images, whatever medium we're communicating in, did we hold true to that understanding that, that everything I do has this effect upon the world and then it comes back upon myself? And if I can't put out uh, a good thought or in a loving way or a considerate way, all I'm doing if I put out something less than that is reaping a, 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 that consequence in my own life later on because that's what I like to say about the universe. It's like a boomerang. Whatever you throw out there, it's coming back at you. So you might as well throw out love or just hold it if you can't throw that out uh, because that's all that's going to be returned to you is whatever energy you put forth. Um, so that is something for all of us to be mindful about, that I want respect, I want to be honored and appreciated. Therefore, in my conduct towards others, in my thoughts about them, in the words I choose, did I carry out this, this conversation, this communication, this connection with them in that, that mindful state of knowing that before me is myself, in essence, that there am I. And, of course, we had examples out in the world of people who were showing more consideration towards one another, hopefully at a time like this, and people who were being less than that, who might have been overreacting to their perceived slights of respect or, or deliberately not showing their respect towards others or to groups of others as being something brought out quite prominently in the world and in the news. Um, that's always going to be happening, but it seems to be more poignant uh, when, when these transitions are taking place in these definite signs. And speaking about a definite transition, we know that every 30, 30 plus days, uh, the sun will move from one sign to another. Of course, it's really us as the earth going around the sun, moving from zone to zone. So when you could think about this, whenever, let's say, the sun is moving through Virgo, we on earth are moving through Pisces. <laughs> so that's how it actually works. But we are looking out there, and since the sun is the the light of this world for us, this, this solar system that we are moving through, it's the greatest whole we're part of. We are individuals involved in families, involved in neighborhoods and communities and, 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 and countries and, and then the world. And the next largest whole out there is this body of energy forms uh, called the planets and other forms that we travel through time and space with. And the principal energy form that we're addressing here that represents the whole of our system is the sun where these great energies emerge from more subtle realms and bathe us in this light of many, many different radiations that we are thankful to be part of. Otherwise, we couldn't exist in these mortal bodies uh, in the form that we are. So here, uh, the sun going into a specific sign uh, brings about certain qualities and conditions that we all need to be more focused upon at that time. Just as in Leo, what we're ending next week is a time to stretch oneself as a creator and leader, to be more cognizant of the fact that I'm here to demonstrate to the world as best that I can the truth of me and that I choose a more adequate stage or vehicle and, and role to do that out upon. And if I've found myself at the center, know truly who and what I am, then when I put that out there, people will follow me as a leader 
or see me in that creation or love me back. But of course, in any stretching of oneself and displays of leadership, of sports, of recreation, of creativity, what have you, we can always improve upon that. Uh, we may go too far. We may not do well enough. We may not have the various skill sets or talents or techniques as developed as we should. So coming after the performance of Leo comes the review, the correction, the improvement offered by Virgo. And so in the time of Virgo, we're meant to sort of now try to realize that this is the time to hone oneself up, to attune oneself, to make adjustments. That is why Virgos, as a sign, are born with this great faculty of analysis and criticism. Many people think, hearing that Virgos are about perfection, think it's a perfectionist sign. But really, the goal of Virgo is to feel at peace, to live a complete and whole life. And so that if my life is out of balance and I'm doing too much of one thing or not enough of another, if I'm working at a job I don't like or eating the wrong kinds of foods, I'm not living life holistically. I'm trying to hold these different parts together that can't hold together. And in so doing, I'm moving myself away from the noble middle path of good growth and running into the, the borderlands where we encounter the other side of Virgo, which is to be at orderly and to be at peace, to live a life of that makes sense and live in beauty. We move into ugliness. We move into suffering. And so Virgo is the sign of healing. We're all here on a healing journey, especially all Virgos are. They bring healing to the world and trying to heal and improve themselves and then offer their expertise, their knowledge, their wisdom in technical ways and being of service to others and organizing things for others. They're, they're known for this great ability to look at a, an issue, an operation, a, a, a product, what have you, and then break it down into its constituent parts see how it could be more elegantly and beautifully brought together and bring that about. So Virgos are here to serve. And of course, though that is true for all Virgos, it is true for all of us that we have somewhere in our life that sign of Virgo present. I mean, if you are Virgo, of course, then you know this, that you're here to organize things and you're good at offering advice and criticism. But I would tell anybody who's dealing with a Virgo or maybe a moon and Virgo person or a Virgo rising person, don't ever start off coming back at them with criticism because they really, not that they can't take it, but that's what they've been exposed to over much themselves growing up as a young adult. That's what makes them so adept at being observant and offering criticism now, but they're they a hard time, as we all do, receiving criticism. So I would always say come to them with some positive self-reinforcement, some confirmation of what their contribution or, uh, or product was like in terms of their experience with them, and then offer some suggestion, but never a criticism. <laughs> so we have to be careful about who and what we're encountering. But again, we all have Virgos somewhere in our chart. We all have that sensitivity of being able to be organized and critical and refined, but having sensitivity regarding criticism also for ourselves. That's true for all of us. So in a way, it's good to understand, well, how does this work then? How do we work with Virgo in our charts? Well, again, if your son is there, know that you're on this healing journey. And to live a life of beauty is the mantra of your life no matter what. And that people will count upon you being that person who can serve and organize and work harder and longer than most people, okay? Most people are at work, it's five o'clock, they're going home. And the Virgo's saying, where are you going? We haven't finished yet. Because <laughs> Virgos love to serve, love to be of use, and therefore don't understand other people who can take a more cavalier attitude towards their duties or responsibilities. However, let's say you had instead your moon in Virgo, uh, and that means there is a much stronger connection between the psyche and the soma in your nature, meaning your physical nature and your psychological natures are very tied together, which means if you're emotionally upset or not getting your needs met, it's clear that this is going to show up in your body. So in a way, there's a nice connection there for people with the moon in Virgo. Um, they also have a need for order in their life. And they become much more off or ill when under great stress, when under stress, because things are disordered. Um, so a moon, and a, a moon and Virgo person really prefers also order in their life in an emotional way. They have definite patterns 
of give and take that they want to be part of. And when things become screwy or a little less orderly, they become sort of agitated and upset. But let's say your Mercury was in Virgo, when that's true for many people, especially if you're born, maybe the sun's in Cancer or Leo or Virgo, even Libra, you might have your Mercury in Virgo because Mercury stays pretty close to the sun. Well, that will give you a much more discerning and discriminating mind. You will be a very critical and analytical person. So you might be a Leo, but you might talk like a Virgo and think like a Virgo. You can be very clear and dealing with very detailed knowledge, whereas a Gemini Mercury person wants to know things just to know them. A Mercury and Virgo person wants to know knowledge and information that can be usefully applied. It's a more pragmatic analytical mind. Um, So it's great for analysis. It's great for being precise and being able to see and critique and understand. It's great for being an editor uh, and for being a perfectionist when it comes to the means and mechanisms of our communication. But let's say, again, your Venus is in Virgo, and this could be true of a Leo or even a Cancer. Maybe certainly a Virgo could have it, and also a Libra could have it. Because, again, Venus, like Mercury, stays pretty close to the sun, so that's where it would be. And if your Venus is in Virgo, no matter where your sun is, it means you really want to be a Virgo. (laughs) Because Venus is what you love, Venus is what you want, and it's how you're going to express your affections and love in this lifetime you are going to seek out with Venus and Virgo a relationship that has a more analytical flavor to it. You'll enjoy analyzing relationships. What did you mean? What did I mean? And one order in that relationship, but you want to be careful that you don't overdo that. Often when people are involved with people who have Venus and Virgo, they feel they're constantly going through analysis. And of course, life is to be lived, not analyzed. So I would always tell a Venus and Virgo person, you know, your great strength is that you do you can analyze and offer people great advice on what is what is what is not working in that piece of art or in their relationship. But in terms of your day to day, let things just happen. And every often take every so often take a time out and reexamine what did you mean, what do I mean, and don't overanalyze your love. When Mars, the planet of desire and thrust in life, is in the sign of Virgo, that means you are going to act in a Virgoian manner. You're going to be someone who is very precise in your actions, very critical in how you approach the world. And if you are opposed by the people in terms of opposition or battles, you'll become very critical. So it's great for being sharp and sharp-witted. It's great for being perhaps a lawyer or an analyst because you have that pursuit of of practicality and methodicalness in your actions. But let's say that planet of Jupiter, the planet of truth and meaningfulness, is in the sign of Virgo. Well, that means your path of truth in this lifetime will be found through service and by sacrifice. And you're drawn to very high moral and religious ideals. The abstractions of an ideal philosophy are moving more towards their practical application. And through right action and making critical adjustments, healing oneself and helping the world to heal will be something that motivates you. So living the spiritual in the daily conduct of one's life, living surrounded by and with peace and beauty, is how a person with Jupiter and Virgo will find their way to truth. But let's say Saturn's in Virgo, the teacher, the tester. Well, then when Saturn's in Virgo, what we find happening is that the person will be bringing into their life tests of order. They were brought up in a world that may have been orderly, then lost it, or it never was the order that made sense for them. And so they're trying to make an order in their life. But of course, their lesson is order comes from within. You must arrange your life that is right for you from within and then, and then bring that out to the outer world around you and know that your life path is about healing. And again, the gift of Saturn and Virgo would then be to learn to walk in beauty and thereby to be at peace. People who have Uranus in Virgo, and that's just a certain generation, are going to be focusing there, and it was back in the 60s for all of us, was a time when they're working on analytical matters and inventiveness and changing the way we do work and business. And a lot of medical advances and scientific advances took place with Uranus in Virgo. But for an individual, it would mean their particular genius, because Uranus rules your individuality, would come through how they're working through the balance between work and things outside of work and how they're dealing with 
health and healing in their own life and being innovators in this regard. People with Neptune in Virgo, and this is much further back in the 30s and uh, in 20s and 30s, um, are people who had faced a task of dealing with the need to go through a purification and bringing spiritual matters back into their daily life through healing and regeneration and good and healthy living. And the Pluto and Virgo generation, which corresponded also when the Uranus is in Virgo back there in the 60s, this is a generation that sees its world in terms of, again, transformation of rebuilding and restoring the systems and how they're ordered in the world, especially in terms of medical research and medical discoveries and technical advancements. We're going to be quite phenomenal during this generation. And of course, the people born in the 60s, early 70s are part of what this whole sort of new age and technology revolution has been all about. Okay, well, that's the, the planets in Virgo. But of course, you may say, well, I don't have any of those things. I don't have Virgo anywhere and on any planets not in Virgo. But you for sure, most likely, have Virgo somewhere in your chart. And so we should take a look at that. If you have Virgo on your first house, the house of image and identity and how you present yourself to the world, your house of presence, then your way of moving through time and space is in a, in a very orderly and precise way. You'll develop a very critical nature and a very strong desire for orderliness, if not for perfection. And so you have to be careful that you're critiquing of the world and of others doesn't lead to a lack of tolerance for error and mistake. We're all imperfect. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Well, the only way we can get more perfect or become more whole is through helping one another to see where there could be room for an adjustment and healing. And Virgo rising people provide that service to all of us. But they need to turn it back on themselves and admit to, the admit to the fact that, of course, I'm not perfect. No one is. And I don't want to be so giving so critical an outlook that I push others away. Uh, and also be sensitive then also to their criticizing me back. If your Virgo's on your second house, then you're very critical and analytical about how you handle your resources, value, and talents and abilities. You take great pride and know comfortably in terms of your value in your life that my organizational skills, my analytical skills, this is the source of my strength. And I'm very good at being an analyst. When you have Virgo on your third house, the house of mind and communication, then you bring that preciseness and analyticalness to the way in which you speak. It's sort of like having Mercury in Virgo. And so you will tend to have a tendency to be good at correcting other people's thoughts and ideas. So again, it's good for being an editor or a critiquer or, or redesigner of things because you bring that refinement and criticism to communication arts. If you have Virgo on your fourth house, the house of home and family, you generally want a neat and tidy home uh, and you want to have organization in the home and you want to you can be other people in the home could find you to be the fussy one, always cleaning up things as, as a side effect. But really what you want is a home that where you're at peace, where things are orderly. But again, look to that from within and then establish as best you can around yourself. Again, because Virgo rules service and serving Often people with Virgo in the fourth house have a greater need for pets in their home. There are other things that cause that too, but that's another side effect of Virgo is it's the house, it's the sign of service. And of course, the animal kingdom, these animals that we associate with, we call pets, they're serving us as we are serving them. When you have Virgo on your fifth house, well, that is the house of creativity and play and recreation. And so you're going to enjoy you know, analytical games. You know, games of mindfulness and thoughtfulness and organizational skills, and you enjoy problem solving as a happy pastime. Uh, but it also means as you approach the question of love in your life, again, you might have more like that Venus and Virgo ideal of let me analyze my love. Let me critique my love. That's how I show my love. But again, don't overdo it uh, with Saturn. With Virgo on your sixth house in your chart, uh, that would bring that you that is the natural place for the sixth sign being on the sixth house. This is an orderly world that you're creating, that you're trying to create that order within and without going through a very healthy, healthy consciousness in this lifetime. But watch being a workaholic, watch getting so consumed by the laws of health and healing and oversubscribing to them that you could make yourself sick. You know, again, moderation in all things is called for. When you have Virgo in your seventh house, that means you bring that analytical energy to bear in relationships and you're being asked to be more objective 
about relationships, to step out of it and look at the self and the other person and then see that third thing, the space of relationship, and try to make that a better space rather than critiquing them, turning it back on oneself and saying, how could I be better in approaching this situation? How can I create a better structured relationship? That's applying my Virgo qualities here in a better fashion. Likewise with Virgo on the eighth house, the house of union and transformation, then you're going to bring that Virgo sensibility to how do we two do this? How do we two become one? How do I join in an enterprise? How do we organize that in such a way that it's mutually beneficial in terms of forging these unions? When Virgo's on the ninth house, the house of the higher mind, of philosophy and truth, religion and law, then you are someone who's very likely to take a critical approach to truth. You're, not, you're going to be more of a skeptic, a critical thinker, and you're not going to accept the fact that just because people say it's true or everybody believes this, that it's so, <laughs> because you take the approach of suspicion about what is people have a, too much of a faith in. You want to say, does this really work? Does this really make sense? And you can be not only critical of the world and teachings around you and of religion and philosophy and higher education, but also very self-critical in that regard. When Virgo's at the top of your chart at what's called the midheaven, at the house of your career or life work or purpose, you are going to be someone who appears to be a Virgo in the workplace, hardworking, longworking, critical and very precise in your career. You're going to want to serve in your career. You're going to prefer, prefer an order to your life work. And you have very high standards. If things aren't exactly the way they're supposed to be, you want nothing to do with it. When you have Virgo on your 11th house, the house of friendship and companionship and your social ideals, when it comes to friends, you're going to offer your friends advice. <laughs> and they may love you for that. But again, you've got to be careful that you're not too critical. You may be a very practical and caring friend. If someone's sick, you rush over to help them, which is wonderful. And so friends will find you very involved in their lives and being helpful. When it comes to larger organizations, you're a real asset to social organizations, to community activities, because you're willing to work hard and long and dedicate yourself to a cause. But of course, you may be critical of friends you see not holding up their fair end of the bargain in any group undertaking as well. And finally, when you have Virgo on your 12th house, the house of your faith and fear, your fear that you have to overcome in life comes from your fearfulness of disorder and that you may get involved in what might be called obsessive compulsive thoughts about order versus disorder that could run your life and you need to be mindful and stay more at peace, realizing that nothing is perfect. Nothing is ordered perfectly. There is, in nature, everything is mixed up. And so there's beauty in individuality, in irregularity, as opposed to everything being neatly organized. And so you can see the beauty of the whole step back. You can see the vein on the leaf on the tree, but the beauty comes from stepping back and seeing the entire forest in all its glorious diversity is what you want to keep balancing out your criticalness and see more of the universal beauty before you. Uh, when, when you've got Virgo on your 12th house. Okay. Well, I hope that illustrates a, a little bit for you that how this all works, that in fact, we're not just a sign. We're a sign. Uh, we have a sign, every sign somewhere in our chart, either on our Mercury or our Sun or our Mars or a, a house in our chart. And so every sign is important to us. Every sign, we should know what that sign means, hold its truths to be self-evident for us and live them out as we should, because we are here to be a complete human being, having all these signs working with one another and helping us to be the person we're meant to be. Then just one last note here, as I said, coming up uh, not just next week is the sun going into Virgo, but a few days later on Monday the 27th, finally the planet Mars turns direct. It's been retrograde, been retrograde now since the end of June, and that means we've all spent these last two months at by that time, re-examining the nature of desire in our life and what we wish and want to go for. And so if, if any of you, and most of you probably have felt that things were going backwards of late, it wasn't just Mercury, it was Mars making us question, what is my heart's desire? And secondly, how do I go to accomplish that has been more sort of put on hold as I went through that process. We all can breathe a sigh of relief and begin moving our lives and desires and aspirations forward once again on or after 
the 27th of August. And that's when things start moving forward in that regard. Well, I know, of course, I've been talking at length here and there's been so many of you hanging on there for some time. So let me let me take uh, one of the callers who's been on here the longest and see who you are and what questions you might have for me today. So I'm calling on you, uh, caller. This is Bill Atride. Who's this? Hi, Bill. Hello. This Karina. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. 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 Have you called in before? No, it's my first time and I'm really excited to have um, discovered your show. I love astrology and you're like so well versed. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So you said it was Karina. Yeah. Is uh, Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, do you, yep. you want to give me your birthday? You have a question for about yourself? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> what's, what's your birthday? What's your, and I have a lot of Virgo planets, so. Okay, um, good. It's March, <laughs> it's March 5th, mm-hmm. 1980. March 5th, 80, okay. Mm-hmm. Nin- okay. Mm-hmm. At 1.29 a.m. Okay. And the city? Philadelphia, PA. Okay. Um, and I had a question about... Oh, myself with regards to a friendship with someone else, but I don't have the time and I don't know if you can do that, but, um, yeah, well, we, no, we, we can, we can certainly, um, take a friend. So let me just put down a, pers- a second person as friend and what's their birth date then? It's September 7th. Mm-hmm. 1971. Okay. And Washington you don't have the time. Okay, so when we don't have a time, what we do as astrologers, we we do what's called a generic or solar chart. We put -hmm. put the sun at noon, so we know we're within 12 hours of being there, and uh, and then Mm -hmm. just just see what that shows. So um, if I was to look at your charts, I'm going to put them both up and then look at them side by side, Um, and then let's do this so I can see them both. Um, So again, for your chart, you know you're a Pisces. But like you said, you've got many planets in Virgo. Your your mm-hmm. Mars is there, your Jupiter's there, your Saturn's there. So you're well acquainted mm-hmm. with Virgo. And of course, you've mm-hmm. got another mutable sign rising, Sagittarius. So when you have a lot of immutability in your chart, um, you're known for your adaptability and your capacity to sort of deal with change and work with change and help others, you know, get out of their stuck state. That's your strength. Um, you might say. Mm-hmm. So you're more trying to negotiate the in-between and, and balance things out. Um, the mm-hmm. Virgo you're looking at here, the September 771 person, um, they, of course, are Virgo, um, but their moon, no matter what time they're born, the moon is in Aries. Um, mm-hmm. Right away, um, that combination in astrology is very intelligent because Virgo yeah. rules the mind in terms of critical thinking. Aries is, rules the head, so it's very enthusiastic and has a, a lot of fire in it. So these people are very sharp, very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and so kind of rapier wits and great, an, and great analysts. Um, but of course, given that comparison to you, with your moon in Libra, um, the moons are opposite to one another. And so this person, though Virgos are known for being you know, focused and determined, Aries moon people, since it's the, it's the first sign, they can appear rather emotionally immature <laughs> uh, and, and very impatient. And your moon in Libra mm-hmm. would be almost the opposite. You're always very keyed into the nuance of relationship and not trying to disturb the equilibrium. And so you two would be opposites emotionally, um, which can mm-hmm. be very compelling as attraction because you can balance each other out by that. So not only are your sons in opposition to each other, which itself shows this experience of relationship. Boy, look at that other energy out there. This is fascinating. <laughs> and having both sun, sun and moon to moon. But oppositions can also lead to you know, that sense of irreconcilable differences. We really are different. Um, and so um, the way that person reacts to something is different than you. And what drives your life story is different from what drives them. So you've got to find mm-hmm. some ways of bridging differences is what this would argue for. Um, mm. Certainly in your own chart, when it came to relationship, um, again, you know your Venus is in Aries, so you really want to be in Aries. Uh, and so you do have that <laughs> capacity 
falling in love rather quickly with somebody, uh, which mm-hmm. I would always tell you, slow down. <laughs> but, 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 sure, sure, I will, and then you won't. But, uh, but that's just because it feels so good when, you, when it happens. Um, and then you've got Gemini on the seventh house of relationship, which means you're looking for relationship in terms of compatibility, that it has to be someone who's very intelligent, can talk about many different subjects with me, and, and can carry, carry their own intellectually. Well, certainly this person has that. Uh, that's one of the points mm-hmm. of attraction is Virgo is certainly intelligent, and a Virgo Aries person is very intelligent. Um, so... Um, that's that is something now another thing about this person that i see here when it comes to communication issues though is they're born with mm-hmm. their mercury squaring jupiter which means when you first meet them they have a rather more open mind and can talk about anything because there's no relationship mm-hmm. yet but jupiter being mm-hmm. the relationship preserved once a relationship starts then unbeknownst to them often they may have figured out but maybe not yet they begin censoring what they're saying because they think they need to do that to preserve the relationship. And so mm. in a sense, they're not being as open mentally as they were at the start. And they're not even mm-hmm. aware they're doing that. Um, mm. Because there becomes this struggle between, you know, speaking my mind versus trying to preserve the relationship, but actually by speaking my mind and having real authentic exchanges, that will do the most to preserve the relationship. But it's a, it's right. a built in sort of mechanism. They, absorbed here growing up as a child where people were assigned roles of what they could or could not talk about basically mm. is what we're Interesting. from for that. I mean, that's just one well, thing, thing that I've been us, seeing. It, yeah. And what you're saying makes perfect sense. Like friendship for a very long time and very easy, very fun, no censoring at all. And then the friendship turned into a little bit more than a friendship and things got very, very weird. And so I guess my question is, um, you know, I'm just, there's a lot going on in my chart period, but for whatever reason, maybe because Mercury is, you know, is retro in the eighth house, is something that I've been thinking about is this friendship. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's just so I've never had I've never experienced such a like such a change and awkwardness with a friend, you know, like it I can't even really even talk to him anymore without it being weird. And this is someone I was so comfortable with, you know. And I think right, it's vice right. versa as well. Um and so well, I guess well, I'm again, trying to yeah. figure out oh, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Um yeah, I would just just cuz I want to I I've had to get to other people here, so I want to just finish up with you, you yeah, do know, I would imagine, that, of course, your ruler, the great new and ancient, but, but ancient ruler Pisces was Jupiter, but Neptune, we say, rules Pisces now, and Neptune's moving through Pisces now, and as you may know, this is your year that Neptune yeah. is moving over your sun, uh, mm-hmm. and so this is a time where you are confused. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. again, that doesn't mean uh, it doesn't mean what I'm perceiving is wrong. It's just I'm not sure what I'm perceiving here. There's more here than meets the eye, and I got to do whatever I can to eliminate confusion for myself or for others. But know that no matter what I try to do here, it's going to be a little tricky, because it's levels of perception and what level are we coming at each other through, uh, and so the chance of misunderstandings and dissolving experiences are much greater now. Um, but I know okay. what it's leading me to is a greater awakening coming up. But of course, for you, it's going to continue into 2019 because following on the heels of Neptune on your sun will be Neptune on your Mercury. So again, you're Pisces, mm-hmm. you've got Neptune rising, you're highly intuitive. This is not a, a one-off for you. You've always understood that it does de- it depend upon your point of view and your, per- your, your level of perception, what you're going to experience. But you yourself mm-hmm. are going through a very mystical, wonderful, very creative and spiritual time. But it's a time that will lack certainty. And so things can yeah. come undone for no particular reason during a mm-hmm. time like this. And especially, again, for this year, as Neptune goes over your sun, it's squaring mm-hmm. your rising sign and your setting sign, your first house of self, the seventh house of relationships. So a lot of confusion is taking place there. 
Um, and I don't think it really will clear up until we get to 2020. Wow. So I guess okay. the thing to do is just to let it go. Cause I guess I just want to know if you see it as something that's coming back or is this just a friendship to be released? Not that it's really in my, you know, in my hands. Well, again, but, uh, and again, if you've had a long-term friendship and, and, but that has been somewhat lost by this other added element now, but you want to reclaim yeah. that. I, I do believe that we could try to repair misunderstandings and see those missteps if we own up to our part in that, say, gee, I did this and you reacted that way and I should have caught it, but I didn't. And so I think we've made some missteps here, but I'd like to, you know, not get back to, we can never go back to where we were, but we can go forward and try to be clear with, with one another. And if we sense those missteps or miscues in our friendship, let's try to catch them and help each other to avoid those, if at all possible. I mean, it's worth the effort. Certainly, um, if if there was a yeah. great good history there, and there's no there's no abuse, there's no negative, nothing greatly negative there. Then certainly let's let's continue this. Um, but if it's something that you're holding out the hope that this is the one, but it doesn't seem to be happening, and then you're delaying your future progress in a more meaningful, committed relationship, and you can't mm-hmm. you can't separate these things. You need to, to leave them to move on to the next. Um, well, then yeah. certainly if you've given it your all and it's not working, you're, you're certainly permitted spiritually to move on uh, to continue your right. own journey, uh, you know. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what it was for a while, but now I'm ready for the friendship. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, good to talk to you. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and I'm talking to you, caller. Who's this? Hello. 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 <laughs> Hello. Who's this? Hello. This is Maria. Oh, Maria. Hi. I know this is this wonderful. Uh, um, you were so so nice to send along your information to me in advance, so I already know who you are or have looked at your chart. Um, yeah, that was Lovely. nice. Thank, Thank you. you. And I, I, I know, Sure, and, and any other caller who's listening in or anybody in the show, uh, if you ever want to do that, to contact me in advance and send along your information, that's great, uh, and a question. And I know you're, uh, just to repeat for the audience, you know, to do this, um, Maria's question had to do with her work uh, and employment and uh, her doing, working in retail, but she's been a yoga and meditation teacher and, and wondered um, what she should do now because dealing with the work, I guess the, the work of retailing has gotten to be rather difficult for her of late and, and wants to know what she should do about that. Um, and when I looked at your chart, Maria, right away I noted that, of course, well, again, you're not a Virgo, but your son is in the sixth house, the house of Virgo, which means throughout this life, your journey in this life is a journey of healing and of right ordering of your life. And so getting involved in a healing art profession or in a service occupation was something you were destined to do. Um, and so right. you're quite right to be, be in the service field, whether in retail or certainly in the meditative and, uh, and healing arts like in yoga. What happened this last year for you, um, or a couple of things um, that I noted, is that in 2017, um, as Saturn was moving to the end of Sagittarius, it was lining up again with your moon. Now, it's going to do that every seven or eight years or so, but each time as we get older, and we're all getting older now, um, we have yeah. less reserves, <laughs> less, 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 less cushion to fall back upon. Our resiliency is lowered, and so whenever Saturn hits our moon, we hit a low spot emotionally, and we do feel that tension between our inner life and outer life, our feelings and our responsibilities, and often we're burning the candles at both ends and we're getting worn down, and we're in danger of That's emotional exhaustion or even physical collapse. So you were definitely under a lot of pressure last year with this um, and feeling, yeah. you know, that push and pull. Um, and again, sometimes it doesn't seem like there's a good option. I, I have no choice. I've got to earn a living. I've got to take care of myself, whatever it may be. Yeah. And yet we have to yeah. sort of admit something's got to give here if I'm going to continue with this. Yeah. Luckily, Saturn moved on. But however, what it moved on to is now here in 2018, now Saturn is lined up with the planet Mars in your chart. And Mars mm-hmm. rules action, desire, and thrust in life. 
And when Saturn's on Mars, the literal feeling we have is that we're driving with the brakes on. And we're, we're, yeah. we're throwing ourselves against life, and life is pushing us back. We're taking one step forward and two steps back. There's burdens that are building up, stresses that are building up. If we're not careful and don't find a way of releasing those stressors and stresses, uh, muscular problems come about, joint problems come about, deterioration comes about. We, can, we are time, definitely yeah. more accident-prone holding all this frustration in our body. And I tell a person when Saturn's on Mars, you have to do more relaxation techniques. You've got to go for more massages or for longer runs. However you get stress out of your system, you need it this year. Um, but it's, okay. also begging the, it's also begging the question, can I keep doing this? And again, that yeah. might have been asked and answered 14 years ago or even seven years ago differently, that, yeah, I can keep doing this. But again, as we get older we, and hopefully wiser, we say, why am I still doing this? <laughs> so, so that's, if that, in fact, that's, that's exactly it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So if in fact um, retail is not doing it for me, though, it does provide us an income steady or not, or more or less steady. Um, if it's really beating me down so much <clears throat> that the trade off here between my, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice, which has been an issue lately. Uh, no, that, no, um, my, physical, my physical, emotional, and mental health and spiritual health are suffering. Um, do I have a choice? And if I can somehow segue into focusing my life upon what would be more right for a more mature person that we're supposed to enter into in the last third of our life, an age of wisdom, of mentoring, of giving back, of being a teacher, and not being in the trenches, in the warfare, fighting the good fight, like the people in the middle period. So like there's sort of a natural division to the world. Zero to 30, you figure out who you are. 30 to 60, you go out there, struggle and strive to be that. But it's 60 onwards, we're giving back and we're letting go. And we're in a more, yeah. not trying to prove anything anymore phase. We're, we are the wise ones, hopefully. And there's a valuable yeah. role to play. So I would say focus more on teaching Again, you have Leo rising. You're like me. You're Aquarius with Leo rising. I mean, oh wow. We have we have a, we have a similar quality wow. in that Aquarians want to be different, but we also want to be a, but Leo wants to be respected and appreciated. <laughs> but if yeah. I do what brings other people stroking, they appreciate me, but I don't want to be that. What what good does it do me? I've got to be myself right. and be loved for that too. And if it's yourself now to be the teacher, to be the yoga teacher, and to love what you're doing, know that the money will follow that. Don't worry about the money. You know, you'll find it. You'll, you'll make it. But if you're selling so-called your soul, because i got to have this job and it provides a steady income, but it's killing me. Um, yeah, I'm that's selling a bad, my soul. That's a bad, that's a bad bargain uh, in any, at any time in a person's life. But certainly at our yeah. age. We're both about the same age. So, this is a time yeah. to sort of say, it, I could have handled this 10 years ago, 15 years, 14 years ago, whatever cycle before. But at this juncture right. in my life, um, I need to be, you know, wise. <laughs> that, that's right. Uh, that's and right. I, yeah. You know, and, and know that I'll be okay. I'll be okay if I do this. Um, and make that transition. Like you say, you already were doing it. Um, you really need to be treated as the individual you are. Um, and so I would say stretch yourself in that realm because really Saturn's been moving now, began moving there in really 17 and 18 and 19 here. Uh, all these years, it's in your fifth house of self-expression and creativity and leadership. You should be stretching yourself as a creator, stretching yourself as a leader, showing how you can shine now as a teacher and leader and creator. So that's where the universe is asking okay. you to show yourself. And if you're not, you're breaking your own heart right now. Yes, yes. That, okay. That, <laughs> thank you very much, Bill. <laughs> you know, you're very um, welcome, Maria. My, well, well, stay in, yeah, stay in my, touch with my, me, okay? My yes, I, I think I will. I'm going to pursue this with you. Thank you very much, Bill. I know you have other very eager people that want to hear from you, so I so appreciate this moment with you. Any Thanks time, again, but thank dear. you for sending in advance. That that helped me. That's wonderful. I, I'd appreciate that from any other caller who wants to oh, do that in the future. Oh. Thank you. Okay. Oh, dear. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Sure. Bye bye now. Um, 
Let's see. You've been holding quite a long time. So who is this? Hello, Bill. This is Joanna. Okay. Have I spoken? Have I uh, had a conversation with you before, Joanna? No. no this I is the first time listening. Uh, no, oh, wow. listening to your show. And yes, I'm very excited, and and I love. I just love the knowledge. Um, I'll try to be quicker. Um, January twenty seventh, nineteen sixty six, at ten fifty a.m. in Brooklyn, New York, Kings County. Sure. Okay, right down the and, street from me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Currently, yeah, yeah. I'm in Florida, though. Um, yes, but oh, but okay. I, ha- I have a friend. Yes, I'm sorry, Bill. I have a friendship question as well. Um, my very, very best friend of many, many years um, ended our friendship many months ago. Then he started reaching out to me in April and, you know, May, June, July. And then we just started talking a few weeks ago, and now he's disappeared again. So I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I can give you his birth date and his birthplace. Um, he is sure. July 7th, 1968. Hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. Let me just get this here. Okay, uh, okay so July 7th, 1968. 1968, okay. In Malvern, Melbourne, Australia. Oh, Melbourne, okay. All right. Uh, Australia. And there we go. And okay, and, and for this, of course, I'm going, to do, I'm going to do what's called the solar chart. So we won't have all the information we would have it with a real chart, but we still can see a lot. Right. Um, and of course, you know, you, I mean, your information uh, that you are a, a Aquarius and Aries moon and that Taurus rising. Uh, and they are, of course, a Cancer with a Sagittarius moon. Um, but okay. it could be if they're born early in the day, they could have a Scorpio moon. So we're not quite sure where that moon right. really is. Um, Aquarius and Cancer are very different. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but again, Aquarians, you know, the sign of friendship, get along with people from many walks of life. They, they enjoy people's individuality. Uh, but of course, Cancer is all about security and nurturing and caring. Uh, and, and again, Aquarius is about independence and originality and and, of course, freedom is very important to that. But you are looking for a very unusual relationship as well because your Venus is in Aquarius and retrograde. So you definitely mm. will look at what all your friends have gone for in terms of friendship and companionship in your life and say, that's fine for them, but it's not for me. <laughs> so right. you, will, you will definitely have your own path there. Um, in terms of what's going on in your chart or their chart, let me just see. Um, what's happening here right now. So you say you were friends for quite some time um, and then you were drawing closer and then it seemed to go wrong. Is that what you're saying? Or Yeah, he's he's been, um, I'll try to make it brief. He's been in a very unhealthy relationship for a while, which has affected our friendship. So because of right. that, he ended our friendship back in the beginning of December, started reaching out to me in April, you know, all kinds of messages. I miss you. I think about you, blah, blah, blah. You know, so that went on for months. We finally started talking um, August 8th was our first telephone conversation and now it's kind of like he's disappearing again I'm like okay what is going on Um, (laughs) so that's what I'm trying to find out you know because of all the retrogrades or you know I don't know what's going on right well in your own chart your progressed moon is going through Pisces now and in the last since the beginning of the year it's been moving to the 12th house so this is a time in your life when you're dealing with that issue of compassion empathy and the boundaries of yes. relationship and love, and it's very fuzzy. It's been fuzzy yes. for a while. It got much fuzzier at the beginning of the year and remains fuzzy for some time. So having these yes. connections, then loss of connections, that sort of like mist swirling, and then it clears and it comes, becomes misty again, this yes. is a period you're going to be in for a while here. So you have okay. to sort of get used to that. Not that you get used to it, but try to work with it. But it is, it okay. is something, but also... You're born with your Mercury at the very beginning of Aquarius. Um, and, of course, the planet Uranus, our planet that rules Aquarius, is going now through the sign of beginning to go through the sign of Taurus. This is the year that Uranus is squaring your Mercury, which means this is the year where my mind is getting rattled and rolled. It gets surprising okay. aha moments and then upset moments, moment yes. to moment. So this year when your mind can get really wound up, you're shocked by what you hear or don't hear. You can't figure it out. It's, it's, it's meant to open your mind and say, well, gee, I need to rethink this because obviously something exactly. is not what it appears to be. Let's see what's happening for them. Uh, first, looking at who they are again. 
Um, they see their relationship pattern. Well, this person's, I would argue that this person with their Venus squaring their Saturn, their test in life, one of their tests in life is the test of love. Mm, they, yeah. we, all, we, all, we all need unconditional love as children growing up. And many of us got some greater degree or measure of that. But some children came through life because it's their karma to work through this without seeing their parents show unconditional love or at least to them show it in some way. And from That's that exactly marker, it. which come, what comes from that marker is then they go into relationships and they will accept much less out of a relationship than they deserve. They'll stay in one with one far longer than they should have because they don't feel lovable. Now, it doesn't make sense because we look at them and say, of course you're lovable, but they're not owning that. They don't know that yeah. the love is within them. So they're looking for it out there and any little sign or crumb of it, they'll take. And so they, they accept far less in relationship than you and I ever would. Uh, they get involved, therefore, in abusive relationships or non-functional yeah. relationships. Um, and it seems like fate, but it's not fate once they realize I am love. I am lovable. They have to do that healing work of finding that spirit, that spark of the divine within themselves. That's their journey. Um, when someone then comes along in their life who is more capable of showing them unconditional love, loving them not when or if, but just loving them, they can be drawn to that, but it also can freak them out. So that yes. you, if you are giving them this, this path saying, I love you, no matter what, I'll always love you. You might think, exactly. well, that's a real attraction. For them, it's like all the panic buttons are hit. Oh, my God. And they run. <laughs> you're de- you're <laughs> okay. describing us exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. Okay. So you're not yes. doing anything wrong. You have to be who you are. Understand it, the triggering in that person is hitting into this complex that is affording them the possibility that, see, it does exist, but they're not going to be able to hook into that and accept it and work with it until they've turned this around and realized, wait a minute, I've got to fix me. I'm the one who's broken here. And if they do that, everything's possible. But if they're not, they could turn back to what would seem to be a non-functional, dysfunctional, even destructive relationship and settle for that. And you can't do anything about it. If they don't want to work on it, if they don't go for the help, they're not going to. Um, So you can try to have the friendship and be there for them and understand this is, this is the damage this person's feeling and facing, and I feel compassion for them, and I can do what I can do by showing an example of being true no matter what, but understand that that actually might end up pushing them away. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I commend you. We all think, like, gee, if I do this, the person's going to do that. It makes sense if... We give, it's actions right. conserved. If I act this way, I get to return this way. But it's not because what we encounter is another whole being who may have different wiring, be broken in some way. And so the energy exactly. they return to us is not the same. It's incapable of being the same. Um, for them this year, that, the planet Pluto, the planet that rules death and rebirth and transformation, it's going over their Venus. This is the year this person... This is a person involved in a great struggle over love this year, okay? Yes. Um, and so getting, getting involved in a powerful, transformative experience in a healthy way or being drawn into a very negative opera, the negative mm. path to be taken this year, we never know. But um, this right. person's facing energy in the world that could help them find their way to love if they would take that path. But they have to right. choose. Right. Yes. And he's, he's, we've expressed our feelings and yes, he has had a pattern of right. The dysfunctional, abusive, toxic, unhealthy, right. Exactly. Right. And accepting people, (laughs) right. Accepting less than what he should in treatment. And I've always been the one, you know, encouraging him and loving him and building him up and, you know, and, and being there for him and standing by him and, you know, and exactly like you said, and that could, you know, push them further away as well. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, right. So, it's, you know, everything comes down to uh, spirituality and psychology. <laughs> so, so um, yes, exactly. again, you, 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 you just have to see that I'm acting in this way. I see what's coming back at me. That makes no sense given what I know about myself and my life. Therefore, it's something inherent to this person that's causing right. them to take the energy and turn it. Okay. 
Exactly. Well, exactly. that was wonderful. Well, thank you, Joanna. Yes, and I see you. my show is ending. Yes, okay, well, thank, thank you. you so much, and you stay in touch, okay? Yes, I will. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry I didn't get to all of you again, but I will have another show in a couple of weeks, and we'll try again. So my very best to all of you. Thank you for tuning in.